We're at Good Evans this morning for a Better Together coffee conversation with Justy Cheddar. That yep. was almost a little rhyme. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I love it. So we're here having our, our little morning drinks. Mm-hmm. And so the big, hardest question of the day is what is your favorite coffee yeah. drink? So my favorite coffee is a, a hazelnut latte, skinny, sugar-free, and extra hot. This morning, though, I'm drinking a chai at Good Evans, so switching nice. it up. Okay, well, and I usually like my, you know, just brewed coffee with a little yeah. bit of cream in it, but mm-hmm. I already have had quite a bit of coffee today, so um, Good Evans has this, like, healthy choices. Yeah. And <laughs> although I did order pancakes earlier, I decided to balance that out with a kale pressed juice, <laughs> juice that's supposed to be really good for me so we'll see if yeah. that does the trick but yes so so glad you're here with me yeah. this morning justine justine tell me a little bit about um so you know we're talking about being better together this year which has to do with our church initiative that we just want everybody to know that they are invited into a smaller group community called Life Groups at eFree, and that we want people that might feel lost in the crowd to be known in community. And so I know that you uh, minister as the director of the storehouse and of community engagement. And so I'd love you just to tell a little bit about what those ministries are about real quick before we get started on on how we are better together, Yeah. how you met Jesus, yeah. how you grow in your relationship to Him, and yeah. in life group. So, so community engagement is essentially our church's um, hope that we will live, we'll take from Sunday, so coming on a Sunday morning and being involved in church services and other ministries, and we'll live life on mission in our everyday lives. So our everyday rhythms with our neighbors, wherever that might be, um, just being able to live on mission. And then from community engagement, we also offer a couple solidified partners for people. So that'd be like our healthcare clinic that's in town, international friendship program, and then storehouse, which is storehouses in a ministry of our church. So it's housed in the church. And storehouse really was uh, opened for people who have just hit a rough patch financially and whatever that might look like. And so our whole goal is to offer a safe place, long-term program. We can walk alongside them and help them get their feedback up under them and get back up going and um, providing for themselves and their family again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And yeah. I love what you do. It's so important. And you have an amazing team of people yes. that yeah. work that are E-free. Um, brothers and sisters that have mm-hmm. that heart of the Lord as well yeah. to reach out and love people. So, awesome. so um, tell me a little bit about how you first met Jesus. Yeah. Um, I just would love for people to understand, um, don't, we're, any of our listeners here will be at different points along the way. Mm-hmm. Maybe people are seeking God. Mm-hmm. Maybe some have met the Lord, but they don't know really how to like grow in that relationship and develop that. Yeah. And then others might be listening and they have a, a relationship of God going and they're just wondering, how do I really connect with the family of God, the church, mm-hmm. and be an active part of that? And so we're kind of going to touch on those main points as we're talking today. Okay, so. sounds good. Yeah, so, so yeah. 
I first met Jesus, I'd say, um, or accepted him into my heart when I was four or five. And I remember my parents leading me in that. Um, and then from there, just had a foundation of faith being poured into me. Um, not perfectly by any means, but had just kind of that longevity of a foundation. Um, and I think it's been interesting to me because I think that at one point I questioned the validity of that. That sounds silly to say validity, but I kind of questioned like, what does that mean to, to accept Jesus into your heart as a, a four or five year old? How old were you when you were questioning this? Oh, that's a great question, Carrie. I don't know, college-ish, but I will be honest, when we had our first son, before he was even walking or talking, I reached out to our pastor and asked, like, hey, when do you think you could be a Christ follower? So probably as recent even as that and kind of pushing against that. But I will say um, now, uh, having an almost seven-year-old and having kind of led him in accepting Christ into his heart, I would say that solidified that I do think it was, um, I do believe it was valid. So then I'd say I became a Christ follower at four or five and then through the years um, that faith solidified and grew um, and became more sure probably um, just through different life experiences and growing up and getting older and um, so yeah I think that I'd say that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Well, and I just want to encourage, you know, other others that might be the planters of those truth seeds. Yeah, like absolutely. Whether parents or you've got friends and family that you've been sharing the truth of God with, that sometimes it looks like it lies dormant for a while before it really starts to grow and produce fruit. Like yeah. it can be a very long time sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's that's cool how God brought. Yeah brought you through and so now that you kind of um, have I guess owned that relationship to Mm -hmm. the Lord and Mm -hmm. what do you do to grow in your relationship with him? So I would say that um, I went on a little journey of, of figuring that out and I'd say it started really in college we had um uh, if people are familiar with our church and been around a while, we had Overflow, which currently it's called C20, so kind of that same thing, and uh, ministry to college kids and a little older. And um, so uh, so out of Overflow, so we had the community. We had the, like, we're all growing together. We did things like Passion Conference, which was annual. Um, that was really, really impactful. And... That was, I just think, a mercy of God to have that coexisting right alongside the natural age, where like when you leave your parents, um, I didn't necessarily need or have that like reject the faith and have to come back um, because overflow was there and really gave me this picture of the importance of growing in your faith and practical. Here's how we do it. So I am, I'm so grateful for that. I know God did not have to do that. Um, and he's, that was just such a mercy that he did. So then from there, I became a wife and a mom and felt like I have the community, I have Sunday morning, I have a church, um, and still something was kind of missing. And I would say, I to back up, I would say, 
For me, Bible study when I was in college um, and then beyond a little bit, it was more like take it when I want. Like I'd pick up a Bible study here and there and then put it down and there was not a consistency. Um, But then as life changed, I felt like I needed it more and I just got to the point where it was just very obvious to me that like all this other stuff isn't working. Like it's not enough and it's not hitting it. Um, And so then as life got harder, then I just, I started, I don't even know how or why, but I started the Open Your Bible Bible study by She Reads Truth. And that was the moment that I think I, God just like recaptured my heart for personal study. Like it was, the way that those gals laid it out was just, it caused me to say, okay, I have a foundation of the Bible, knowing it, it's around all the time, it's easily accessible, and now this is why and this is how to really like really go deeper and make it personal and every day. Their mission is every woman of God or every woman in the Word of God every day. So so really kind of feeling like God was saying, okay, this is this is where you're at, like that personal study. I'd say I felt I have had most personal growth through that. Mm-hmm. Through, And that, you know, I said I became a Christ follower at four or five, and this would have been when I was 26 or 27. Mm-hmm. So by no means, like, I mean, it has taken time for me to even, like, be, think that that's important, you know? Yeah. I mean, you grow up, and I think... I think the the key that I would share with anyone it, when they're getting started or if they're wondering is like drop the shoulds. Like it's so easy for us to say you should be in the Bible every day. And that's what I grew up with. Like I grew up with like you should 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 should. And those are those yes, we should. I'm doing air quotes. Yeah. We should. But I, I think yes. I think what the key was for me was dropping the should and then more so saying okay, what is, what is the hang-up? And for me, like, God really brought to attention, it, I am a scheduled, routine, type A person, and so for me, it was, like, the challenge of my schedule, the yeah. challenge of my routine, the challenge of my habits. Yeah. Um, and that's not it for everyone. There's right. differences where it's, like, I'm not a reader, so therefore my challenge is how do I read the Bible? I'm mm-hmm. not a reader. Whatever it might be, that was, I feel like, what God really hit at. And because... I addressed that, then it allowed me to set a consistent time. And it took me a year or two to even figure that out. I tried so many things. Yeah. Like this that worked is a big and it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And how do we set this as a routine? Yeah. And freedom to freedom to try things. Like yeah. we I grew up Carrie, I don't know, like I don't know how you grew up or if you heard this, but I grew up with that message. And I don't know if it was over so much as it was just you know the message we heard but I grew up with the message that a good wife and mom gets up an hour before her family does and reads the bible for an hour and that just was not the thing and so again kind of that freedom of saying I'm gonna lay that down and instead I'm going to try at night after I shower and everyone's in bed or I'm gonna try at lunchtime whatever whatever it might be and it like I said it took me a year or two to to mess around with it starts and stops starts and stops so yeah I really hear you saying like you want to move out of the legalistic have to 
to yeah. the I get to, yeah. and instead of ought to, I get to. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. Like, how odd would that be for our human relationships, right? Yeah. Like, our husband, if you you yeah. and your husband, like, if it'd be like, okay, we have to do this regimented thing. Yeah. And so, instead, to say, hey, we love each other, we want to invest time in each other. Yeah, it's We want to you know build our relationship so that it's good and yeah. solid and so you you figure out how to take the time and many of us don't yeah do that even with our, our yeah. husbands or our other yeah. significant friendships oh, sure. like to spend purpose purposeful time but God is just really inviting us into this purposeful time and of course we need we crave that like you said you get, yeah. came to a point of craving that yeah but you had to do some big shifts to get a habit going Yep. And we have to keep the right motive before us, though. Yep. Can't be Absolutely. legalistic shoulds and nots. Yep. I totally love that you said that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a big key of that was I had it modeled to me, which I think is so important. So um, it started in my home, but even if it didn't start in your home growing up, um, like, for example, I remember when I started working at the church as a 17-year-old, my then-supervisor, Drina, she has since passed away, but she every morning like had her bible out and was praying and even that set up this view of like in work like what comes first like when you're at work what comes first and so that and then um uh starting in college janet andres was like i'd say for sure my main mentor but she gathered all of us young women together out of overflow and again modeled this like personal study time and so I do think that that is key too is just seeing it like just and if you are doing it modeling it showing others how you do it work it out with them it's just so important and that gets to your whole the better we're better together because we so oh two or three years ago I did when I feel like I was really pushing me I gathered some women and we hit at this question of are you type B? So, okay, mm-hmm. that's fine. Let's work out your rhythms. If you're type A, let's work out your... And we had to help each other do it. Like, it's it's just so much better than saying you should be in the Word every day and instead saying, why aren't you? Let's figure it out. Don't feel shame. Like, let's just work it out. Yeah. Well, hey, what can I offer you and teach you as a type A person? What can you teach me as a type B person? You know? Yes. Do it together. That's so good. So the yeah. power of community. And yeah. so you have been talking throughout our conversation about that. Like I've yeah. heard it threaded through everything that has helped to draw you yeah. to the heart of God. Mm-hmm. So right now, how do you? How would you describe to those considering maybe being a part of a group that they haven't yet? You know, we have a little over 50% of our church that is is connected in some kind of a community group, which is awesome, but that means there's a lot more that might be like wondering, you know, is this something I need to make time to do? Is this something that I um, can be vulnerable to learn and get to know new people? So why would they want to, and what what are you experiencing right now, currently in life group? Oh, good question. So so why would you want to? I'll start there. I think... So for me personally, the reason why I would want to, the reason why I'd encourage people to, is it it takes time, but the fruit from it, I just believe strongly, is so much better than any isolation or individuality could ever give us. Um, I love, I know I'm different in this way, but I love, for example, if we're sitting in a group of 10, 
if everyone has differing opinions, like, I love that. I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Let's learn from each other. Um, let's understand each other, um, grow with each other, whatever. Which is, that's group work. Like, you will, no matter what kind of group you, even if you create it and everyone's like you, there will be differences. And so I think why you would want to is because um, we are, I believe fully that God has designed us with so many uniquenesses that make the Bible and life come alive in a way we couldn't do just on our own. Even from the standpoint of when I, so in Janet's Bible study, we had a fair amount of us that grew up in the church. We grew up with the word. We grew up with the foundation of faith. And we had also a fair amount that didn't. And some were new Christians and some maybe weren't quite yet. And we all, looking back on that, we would all say the new Christians or the gals that weren't yet, when they would ask questions about something we just read, those of us that had the foundation would be like, oh my gosh, you're right. Why haven't we asked that question? Asked that. Yeah. And why, and like they would come at it from the standpoint of like, well, that's, that's silly. Like that doesn't make sense. Mm. Or why would that happen? And you're like, you're right. Why would that happen? Mm-hmm. And so the, the, when you do anything in community, I think that people's different perspectives will will cause you to solidify your own like that's just what it did for us like it didn't it wasn't that we like said oh yeah you're right like the bible's wrong instead what it did was like yeah let's push against that so we know for sure that's what it is if god says something that's confusing which is a lot of the bible for all of us how can her perspective differ from her perspective different from my perspective that causes me to say yeah, like let's push against that together. I had never thought of it that way. That's good. And that so. does bring you in closer to the heart of God and realizing that He isn't surprised by our questions. No. He wants us yeah. to ask the questions. Yeah. He already knows we have yeah. them. We just need to speak them out yeah. loud and yeah. talk the value them. of, and the value, just the value of the uniqueness of people. Yeah. Like her life is different than mine and so when she reads the word I better pay attention to that like how is she reading it from her perspective that I can't get yeah anyway we have something to learn from everybody absolutely on different walks of life yeah different walks all right so you um the last thing I will ask you because I see how we're better together from what you have shared and because of you your leadership and just you as a sister I want we so bonus question if we have some time here is what is a verse that you've been kind of thinking on and asking God about lately yeah so a key a key verse and within a passage for me is Jeremiah 29 7 this all started um, when we did the Sunday to everyday initiative for our church last year um, I felt like God really called to mind and to my attention this passage um, from the sense of what does it look like to live on mission, to live sent, where you are, you know, being normal people with a purpose. And um, uh, not coincidentally, I believe fully that there that he is bringing this back around because especially right now so verse 7 specifically says pursue the well-being of the city that I have deported you to 
pray to the Lord on its behalf, for when it thrives, you will thrive. And I think that the way things are right now around us in 2020 and our culture, every single thing, every big thing in the news right now, it would be very tempting as a Christ follower to live with one foot in and one foot out. And it would be tempting to distance ourselves and to say like, that's the culture's problem. I'm gonna come over here and huddle and stay away from it. Or especially raising kids right now, like it's just a unique time. I, I don't know if it's harder. I th- it's a very unique time. And so like we have to, I feel like God is pushing me to say, I'm not, I'm not calling you to pull up right now. Like, I'm, that's not my plan for you. My plan is to pursue the well-being of the city. You can only do that by being in it and being with it and knowing what the city needs. And then just believing fully that when your community is thriving, you will thrive. And then that is just the way that God has designed it, that we'll be able to not only just grow and be great, but we'll thrive because of it. Um, before that, it's in the, so I'd say really verses four through nine. But before that, it says, um, so they're in Babylon where it like sin was rampant, but it was also very visible. It was in the, the streets. And so it's a little different from how we are now, maybe harder. I'd say harder in Babylon. But God's response to them, what he tells them to do is to build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce. So to me, that says like he's saying seasons, like this is long for him. This is long term. He's not saying like do a little bit and then run back and protect yourself. It's like, no, you get in building a home, planting a garden that that speaks like settle in to me. Like that's what he's saying. Don't be there temporarily. Be in it all the way. Be committed. Um, so that's a huge one right now, ministry-wise, but then really even personally, like what does that mean for our family to pursue the well-being of the city? How do we do that? So it's a huge one. That's awesome. And yeah. that is something that just points to our Creator and how we as a created are called to live yeah. by Him, you know, and He says we can bring a little bit of heaven yeah. to this earth. He says, you know, that that's how do we be a part of his kingdom work here on earth as it is in heaven, right? Yep, Jesus absolutely. prayed for us that way. Absolutely. So you're doing that, you're thinking yeah. that, you're spreading the good word of that. And mm-hmm. again, we are better together because of you, Justine. Thanks, Carrie. Yep, thanks for sharing.